Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Norton. I'm one of the pastors here at New Denver, and uh, I am on video. You're watching me on a screen, um, which is always weird, but uh, it's kind of the reality right now. Uh, earlier today, it's Saturday. Uh, earlier today, my son Townsend tested positive for COVID, uh, which is a bummer. Um, not totally surprising when you have three kids uh, in school. I, 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 I'm surprised we haven't we've gotten this far without somebody. Uh, getting COVID. And so he's doing okay. He's he's a little bit under the weather, but not too bad. Um, good news is uh, everyone else in the family is fine. Nobody else has symptoms. No one else has tested positive. Uh, but just out of an abundance of caution, um, I thought it would be wise to not uh, come to church this morning and preach and be um, in close contact with everyone else. Uh, so because of the wonders of technology, uh, I can record the sermon. I'd already prepared the sermon, and um, it, it's exci I'm excited about this series and what we're going to talk about today. And so I'm sitting here in my office, and I recorded. It's Saturday night. I'm recording the sermon. I'm talking to my computer, but I'm just picturing all of you uh, sitting in the sanctuary uh, listening to this right now. And so let's just jump in, um, because today I want to talk about a very important word. It's a word that's used in church uh, a lot, but it's interestingly a word that's used in so many other contexts as well, and it's the word mission. Um, and I want to give you a definition uh, of this word. Let me share this with you real quick. Uh, mission is an important assignment carried out for military, political, commercial, exploratory, or religious purposes. Um, or another definition is it's a group of people sent out for that assignment, for a, a duty or for a purpose. And so uh, when a contingent of troops are sent um, from the UN to a country where a civil war is raging, uh, they might be sent there on a peacekeeping mission or a humanitarian mission uh, or when a delegation of business people travels from America to another country to establish better trade relations or broker economic agreements, uh, this is called a trade mission. Or uh, when a group of astronauts are launched into space, right? They're sent on a NASA space mission. And of course, we all know those famous words. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission, right? To boldly go where no man has gone before. Uh, so a mission is an important assignment, and it's the group of people that are sent on that important assignment. And, and being part of a mission, um, it, it's not just for soldiers. It's not just for uh, diplomats. It's not just for astronauts. Uh, it's something we all long for. Uh, we all want to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. We want to be a part of something meaningful. We want to be given meaningful tasks or assignments in life, in our work, assignments where we, you know, boldly go or at least boldly do something that makes a difference in the world. We all want that. And I would even say we're all created to be a part of that kind of mission. And this might be why so many of us move from job to job frequently, right? Because our jobs get boring 
We start to feel like a cog in the machine. We don't feel like the things we're doing each day in our job actually matter or contribute to something bigger or more some more significant. They're not a part of a bigger mission. Or maybe you're a stay-at-home parent, right? You love your kids, but there's just days where you sit and think, is this, is this all there is? Right? I just I want to be a part of something bigger and it's hard to see past just you know the diapers and navigating nap times. It, you know, or maybe um, if you're in middle school or you're in high school, like my kids, right? This is this might explain why you get bored with school so many times, right? You'd rather be doing something so much more fun or, or so much more exciting or meaningful. In fact, you see all the problems in the world just like adults do, and you think, why don't we figure out how to solve all those problems? Why do I have to sit here and keep doing algebra or geometry proofs, right? These things that I'm never going to use in the rest of my life, Uh, unless you want to be an astronaut, right? Then algebra is pretty important. In fact, the only way you're going to make it to the moon is if you're really good at algebra. And you see, if if one of my kids, maybe my son Townsend, if, if he was convinced in his heart that he was created and called to be an astronaut. If if NASA showed up at our door one day, or maybe Elon Musk showed up at the door and said, I want to offer you a spot on our next space mission. It's going to be the first mission that's ever going to go to Saturn and explore the planet of Saturn. But we need you to learn algebra so that you can help calculate all the equations that are going to be needed to navigate the ship to get to Saturn, right? If that was the case... I'm guessing Townsend would run to math class every single day because suddenly the things he's doing there are connected to this amazing mission that he's part of. (laughs) And today, I want to tell you something really important, and it's this. Get the slide up. Jesus invites you to participate with him in the greatest mission in the world. And it's connected to everything in your life. Jesus invites you and me and all of us to participate with him in the greatest mission, even greater than going to space, right? And it's connected, actually, whether we realize it or not, to every single thing in our lives. Now, uh, Jesus begins by simply inviting you and me to follow him, (laughs) just like he did with those men and women that he first met. In fact, you might remember this story. This is from the book of Matthew. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into a lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. Now, um, probably not the first time Jesus has met these guys. They're they're probably not strangers. We sort of picture that Jesus walks up to two strangers, and that probably wasn't the case. Uh, These two guys, Simon and Andrew, they were brothers. They were fishermen. They lived uh, near this lake. 
like Jesus. Jesus lived near the lake. Jesus had been teaching near the lake. Uh, They had almost certainly been listening to some of Jesus's teaching, and they had been around him, and they were curious, and they were wondering what he was all about. And yet, on this day, Jesus sees them, and he decides to call them by name, Simon, Andrew. And he basically says to them, you know, in so many words, I know you've been listening. I know you've been sort of watching. I know you've been in the crowds. I know you've been curious about me and what I'm up to. But but Simon and Andrew, I want to ask you and invite you not to just listen, not to just be curious anymore, not to just hang out in the crowds on the margins. I want to invite you to follow me. And that's the same invitation every single one of us received. Whether you were a kid and you first sort of heard that invitation, whether you heard it as an adult, and we could probably go around the room right now, and and there's a ton of people in this room, uh, the room that you're sitting in, uh, and, and they could probably say, you could probably say, as I've followed Jesus in my life, and whether that's been a long time or a little time, I've begun to experience a whole new level of experiencing God and and knowing God and and experiencing his peace and his forgiveness in my life. And and you'd be quick to say, following Jesus hasn't made me a perfect person. It doesn't make my life perfect suddenly, but it has changed me. But the story doesn't stop there for us. And the story didn't stop there for Simon and Andrew. The journey didn't stop there. That's not all that Jesus had in mind for these guys. Follow me and I'm going to change you. In fact, Jesus' words on the very first day when he gives this invitation to them, don't even stop there. The, The verse goes on. Jesus says, come follow me and I will make you or I will send you out to fish for people. In other words, I have a mission for you guys. I'm inviting you to follow me. And at the same time, I'm going to send you out to do something. I've got an assignment for you. And the assignment I have for you, it's actually connected to what you're doing right now as fishermen. You've been fishing for fish. And so uh, I'm going to actually send you out and you're going to be on a new mission to start fishing for people. And it's no different for you and me. Jesus does not invite us to follow him just so that he can transform our lives as we follow him. At the same time, he invites us to join him on the greatest possible mission that he could offer to join him in actually doing what Jesus himself came to do. Jesus described his mission in lots of different ways. If you read through the gospels, on one occasion, Jesus said that he came to seek and save what was lost. On another occasion, Jesus said that he was sent to share good news with the poor. He was sent to proclaim freedom to those who are held captive or those who are living in darkness or oppression. Another time he said he was sent to help people know God and experience the the eternal and abundant life that God has 
for all of us. And then when you read the stories about Jesus, you see him living out this mission constantly. You see him sharing God's love with people, sharing God's compassion with people. You see him healing people. You see him loving people, all kinds of people. Jesus loves blue-collar people, right? Like, like Simon and Andrew. He, he loves the white-collar elites. He hangs out with them and goes and eats dinner at their houses and talks with them. And he also loves people in the margins, the people who are experiencing the most marginalization and oppression in society. His entire mission is simply to share God's love with all people. And in fact, in one of Jesus's last exchanges with his followers, I want you to see what he says to them. He says, it says this, uh, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said, peace be with you. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father sent me, the mission the Father gave to me, and the way I began to live it out, the mission that my whole ministry and my life has been about, as I, Jesus is saying, have been sent by the Father, I am now sending you to live out and fulfill that mission. And I know it seems big, and I know it seems hard, and I know it seems impossible for you to do, and I know that you think you don't have any idea how you're going to live out this mission, but don't worry, I've shown you how to do it. You can just follow the ways that I did it. And don't worry, you will always have my peace with you and my Holy Spirit will be with you. And then Jesus left. And these men and women accepted the invitation to join his mission and live out his mission. And some of them left their jobs, but others did not. So some of them started traveling around the world and others stayed in the very cities and neighborhoods where they grew up and they lived out their mission there. But every single one of them began to see that everything in their lives was now a part of this greater mission that Jesus had given them. And think about this for a second. We are here today because they lived out the mission. We are here today and followers of Jesus because they lived out the mission. And now we're given the same opportunity and the same invitation to not just follow Jesus, but to be a part of his mission, to experience the life that he has for us and to share that life with others and help others experience that same life in their lives. And it's almost like you you can't do one without the other. You can't just follow Jesus, but not be a part of the mission he sent you on. They go together. To follow Jesus is to be on the mission 
that he sent us. And so we decided at New Denver at the very beginning when we started the church that, that we would have a very simple mission statement that we would say over and over and over and over. And it's this. The mission of New Denver Church is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything we do comes back to that mission, to help others, to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus. That's our mission. And then we have five core values as a church, and we decided your core values are sort of the, the things that you hold deepest that are your convictions as you live out your mission. And we decided to make one of our five core values the word mission because we knew it would begin to be easy for us to start focusing on ourselves, to focus on what God is doing in our lives and what God is doing in our community and forget that we are a part of something so much bigger. Because you know how it works. The gravitational pull of our lives is always to be inward focused. The gravitational pull of any group of people is always to be inward focused, to give our time and attention to things that benefit us, the things that help us, the things that serve me or serve my family or, or serve my community. But Jesus does not just invite us to follow him. He says, follow me. And this is where we're going. I have a mission for you. I'm sending you to others outside of yourself, outside of, of your life and your family and your community. I have a mission for you. And it's about other people. And so if we can begin to connect everything in our lives to that mission, if we can get, begin to connect uh, even our jobs and our daily habits, and how we spend our money, and how we spend our time, if we can begin to connect all of those things to the larger mission that God has sent us on, well, that would start to change everything. Then That would be like connecting algebra to going to Saturn. And so for us, we made mission one of our core values and here's how we articulate it. Every single one of our core values, we have a, a way that we said, let's just articulate it so we're really clear about why this is a core value and what it means for us. And so here's how we articulate the value of mission at New Denver. God's mission for renewing and restoring our world takes place when we share his love with others. Specifically, we are called to share the love of Jesus in word and deed, with those in our spheres of influence, with the poor and marginalized in our city, and with those around the world who have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And then we have a question that we uh, like to ask that helps us just kind of discern how are we living out this value. And the question is simple. Are we reaching out in mission to love the lost, the least? And the last. So if you notice, and I'll, I'll leave this on the screen as I talk, if you notice, we identified really there's three ways that we are sent on God's mission. Number one, we're sent to share God's love with other people in our spheres of influence. So for you, that means your friends or, or classmates that you have at school, 
That means your neighbors, the people you live near in your neighborhood, literally that live next door and across the street, or, or if you're in an apartment complex that live down the hall or are nearby you, right? Or a building. It means your coworkers. Those are people in your spheres of influence. It means the people that you go hiking with or you go biking with or bowling or skiing with, right? It means that every single one of those people that you are in some way in relationship with or connected to or have any influence with, you have a unique opportunity to share God's love with them. And sometimes that'll happen through words and stories, right? A lot of times it's just going to happen through your actions. More often than not, it might just happen through your presence, the way you live your life as an undeniable example to them. The way that maybe you even see your job or your career as part of something bigger, that you're not just showing up at work to do work, but but your work itself is part of God's mission and vocation for you in the world, the, the ways that, that maybe you just simply point to a deeper hope that's in your life and in your heart, a deeper purpose that's in your life. These are the ways you share God's love with those in your spheres of influence. And by the way, the mission <laughs> it, it, that God gives all of us and that, that God is doing in our world and that he invites us to be a part of it's not dependent on you and I in the sense that it's not going to happen if we don't join it. God's already started the mission of bringing his renewal and restoration and reconciliation into every single aspect of our world. God's already started that mission. Jesus is leading the mission. The spirit is already at work in this mission. You are simply invited to join it. It's like this, the spaceship is already going to Saturn. The mission's happening. The question is, do you want to be on board? Do you want to be a part of it? Do you want to live a life that is integrated and connected to why you were made and what you're called to do and, the, and, and as a part of the greatest mission that you could ever be a part of? And so the first thing we, we do is we live out this mission when we, when we love those who are lost. Second, we live out God's mission when we love what we just simply call the least. When we show God's love or God's compassion to those who are poor, to those who are marginalized, particularly in the local city where we live, right here in Denver. And there's lots of ways we can show God's love to those on the margins or those who are, who are oppressed or those who are poor. There's lots of ways we can do that as individuals, but collectively as a church, we've decided to partner with an organization called Joshua Station. You might have heard of them if you've been around for very long. They're an organization that is helping families in Denver transition out of homelessness, which as we all know, is, is one of the the most difficult problems of those who are poor or on the margins. And that does not mean that we do not support other organizations or other things that are happening in our cities, right? We just know that as a community of faith, we can be the most helpful if we channel our resources in one very specific and focused way. And so we have D groups that have given time serving 
at Joshua Station, right? We, we know many of you have, have purchased Christmas gifts or backpacks to help families at Joshua Station. We donated about $10,000 of financial assistance last year to Joshua Station. And we hope to offer more opportunities this year for, for you to partner and be a part of what's happening at Joshua Station. But here's the deal. You don't have to wait for us. You can literally go to the Joshua Station website right now. You know how to use Google. Find their website. And, and there's ways that you can figure out through their website to serve and help. But you know what it's going to require? It's going to require going against the grain. Remember the name of the series and sort of the, the thrust of this series? Because the reality is you're busy and I'm busy. And we have our own needs and we have our own challenges and we have our own problems in life to address. And, and helping a, a family in need that we don't even know and finding extra time in our schedule, extra margin to do that is, it just takes a lot of work and a lot of focus and it's not on our radar. And it, it, it's just kind of going against the grain of everything else that's happening in our lives. But here's a question I want you to think about. What if it's not ancillary? What if helping people in need in our city is not just one of those things, if you have a little extra time or a little extra money, you can do it, but it's kind of optional. What if it's not optional? What if it's central to our mission? What if it's central to who we are as followers of Jesus? What if it is our mission as a church, as the people of God, as followers of Jesus to always be helping those who are in need? We believe it is central. And we know it's hard to do. And that's what we decided. This needs to be one of our core values. So that we keep constantly coming back and saying, let's not forget, we need to love the lost and we need to love the least. But then third, we want to love the last. The last are are those in parts of the world who still need to hear about the love and the hope that's found in Jesus. And just like our local efforts with Joshua Station, we decided a long time ago to pick one place in the world and to go deep as a community of faith. And so 11 years ago, We started a partnership with a church and a school in a small village called San Pablo La Laguna in Guatemala. And we support our friends in Guatemala. We pray for our friends there. We visit them when we can. We encourage them. We learn a lot from them. And if there are any ways we can help them, we try to help them know how to best share God's love with the rest of the people that live in their village, many of whom don't know or understand God's love, and many of whom live in deep poverty. And I'm really excited because in three weeks, um, God willing, I and three others from New Denver are going to travel back down to Guatemala to visit our friends and to see what God is up to down there. We haven't seen them in about three years, mostly because of the pandemic. And and we'll have a lot more to say when we get back in a couple of months of, of ways that you can help partner with what's happening down in Guatemala. But here's the bottom line. As a church, we have a mission, and it's to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And we don't just have a mission. We are on a mission. And we don't exist without that mission right? There's no real reason for us to gather. There's no real reason for us to grow. There's no real reason for us to do anything outside of the context of the mission that we are on, joining God in the renewal of all things in our world. 
And if I'm honest, this is probably the value, the core value that suffered the most in the pandemic. As a church, we've just been more inward focused over the last two years, partly because we've had to, right? As individuals, we've all been more inward focused over the last two years. We've all just been trying to survive this difficult season. But I'm ready to look forward and I'm ready to move forward. And it's not going to be easy. And it's, it's going to require turning outward. It's going to require going against the grain of some of the habits that we've developed and settled into. But for followers of Jesus, it is that important. It's who we are. It's joining God in the greatest mission that we could possibly be a part of. And I hope that you're as excited as I am about helping us as a community of faith, live out the mission that God has given us. Let me pray for us and then we'll continue in worship. God, I do pray for everyone who is a part of our community of faith. Help us to know how to be a part of the mission that you've given us. Give us the courage and the inspiration and the desire. Give us the passion. Break our hearts for the things that break your heart in this world. And help us to remember that that were it not for others living out this mission, we would not know the life and the salvation and the rescue that you have for all of us. So keep us mindful of those things. We pray this in your name. Amen.